Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. You are listening to the Irish Times Women's Podcast, brought to you by Green and Blacks. Wildly, deliciously organic. Discover a different kind of dark. Welcome back to the Women's Podcast. I'm Roisin Ingle. There's a bit of snow out the door where I am, which is sort of a little bit of a nice novelty and the kids were running out. So I hope you got a bit of schnockta. And uh, if you didn't, it might be on the way to you this week because it seems to be staying quite cold. Just a quick reminder that our Irish Times Winter Nights Festival begins tonight. You can still get tickets if you want five nights of brilliant live events, starting with Blind Boy in conversation with Hilary Fannin tonight and finishing this Friday, the 29th of January, with Fintan O'Toole talking to CNN's John King. And there are loads of other great guests in between too, including Nicola Sturgeon, the Scottish First Minister, who I'm really looking forward to. So just go to irishtimes.com forward slash winter nights to buy a ticket. That's irishtimes.com forward slash winter nights. And we're very grateful to Peugeot Ireland for supporting us in that. Now we have a music special for you today. We begin with a fascinating quite enraging conversation about the fact that women in Ireland who make music just do not get the same radio play opportunities compared to their male counterparts. On a more hopeful note, we also have an interview with one of the few female conductors in the world. So a game of two halves, really. But first to that report released last week, which showed that while a handful of stations have improved significantly, male performers still account for 80 or 90 percent of radio play uh, in Ireland. One station broadcast no songs by female artists during the study period. So a bit of a shout out there to the people in Tip FM. We hope you're going to do something about that. So this was a report as a half yearly follow up to the gender disparity data report on Irish radio which is compiled by the Why Not Her Collective. And it outlined a continuing gender disparity among the 20 most played songs by Irish artists on Irish stations between June 24th and December 24th, 2020. For the first time in five years, the Dublin station FM 104 increased women's music in its top 20 airplay charts by 10%, which the report calls a small but certainly significant change towards parity. So there have been improvements, like I said, but at the opposite end of the scale, Tip FM played no female Irish artists at all in the six month sampling period. Both C103 and 96FM in Cork played 95% male Irish artists, as did KFM, East Coast FM and South East Radio. 90% of Irish artists played are male on FM 104, Highland Radio, Red FM, Clare FM, KCLR at 96FM, Radio Kerry and Shannonside FM. It is, as the headline in the Irish Times said, shocking and staggering. And we wanted to talk about it to two women who are very involved in this area. First is Linda Coogan-Byrne. She's a leading figure in gender and diversity equality within the music industry. She's the founder of the Why Not Her Collective, which amplifies the voices of women across the world. Their data reports, which highlight gender and racial disparity within the music industry, have been viewed by over 60 million people worldwide. And she also presents the Why Not Her podcast. Ruth Ann Cunningham, known professionally as Ruth Ann, is an Irish singer-songwriter best known for co-writing Too Little Too Late, performed by the American singer Jojo. She's also written Work Bitch, performed by Britney Spears, Slow Hands, performed by Niall Horan, Where Do Broken Hearts Go? No Control. You get the message. She's a prolific songwriter and very successful. In 2020, Ruth Ann Cunningham was behind an Irish collective of female singers and musicians called Irish Women in Harmony. They did that amazing version of Dreams by the Cranberries in aid of a charity that supports domestic violence victims. And also then they had Together at Christmas, that lovely song that featured so many brilliant women. So both women, Ruth Ann and 
Linda joined me from London where they live and I began by asking Linda Coogan-Byrne what she was trying to measure with the report. The data is looking at the top 20 most played songs by Irish artists on each individual radio station in the report. The radio stations are regional radio stations, commercial radio stations and national radio stations in Ireland. And we wanted to take a look at what way the playlisters are, you know, allocating the heavy rotation primetime slots, because what we've seen was, especially over COVID, and I've had these discussions with radio playlisters, is that they kind of went, oh, you know what, we will, you know, we'll allocate nighttime plays to women and because this is what they were doing and this is what they're continuing to do because the royalty repayments um, that you can make on radio are the same no matter what time you're played. But the amount of people that you get, uh, you know, in terms of traction and impacts is what it's called and listener reach is very different to what time you're played during the day. But they thought it was okay to just go, oh, well, look, we will put women on the night shift and that will make things better. But it doesn't. So what we wanted to look at is a more kind of, you know, intense overview of what type of artists are played at what time of the day and what kind of reach they're getting. So in the report, we can see that, you know, it's predominantly 85 percent male artists from Ireland with only 11 percent of female artists, which is. Just insane because there's so many, as what, you know, Irish Women in Harmony, for instance, have proven, there's so many incredible female artists that are just as good as the as a male artist. And the argument has been by a lot of people, especially, you know, people commenting online is that, oh, there's no there's no Irish artists that are women that are doing anything. But they don't know because they're not being played on air. So that's kind of the origin of that is kind of, you know, it's evident in what's being played on radio. Radio are feeding our, you know, our people that are listening, our Irish kind of culture, that, that there's, they're telling them that there's only men producing music from Ireland, you know, male artists. And that's not true. So with the report, we just wanted to have a kind of look into that. And again, we wanted it to be about data because I have been banging my head against the wall for years talking to radio stations. I'm a publicist, um, day-to-day job. I worked with different record labels, international bands, uh, local bands and stuff like that. And I just always seen this huge gap when it comes to women. And I just wanted to see why that was, you know. Yeah, I mean, I think you're you're right to mention the Twitter feedback. I mean, I was looking at the comments underneath the Irish Times report. Oh, God. Yeah. Oh God. <laughs> and like this is typical. I mean, this is some of them are less polite than others. One just says when female artists make up 50 percent of the published material, then maybe they will get 50 percent airtime. I mean, come on. 51 percent of the population are women. <laughs> like, you know, if we look at even college, like there's some college reports and like, even, you know, uh, Anya, who helped me with the first report, Anya Tyrrell, who was a, a wonderful Irish artist. Uh, music is in her blood. Her father is a great traditional folk singer and uh, musician, Sean Tyrrell. She had to go to Australia in order to make it. She plays huge festivals over there, makes a living, travels all around the country. And there's so many Irish women in the diaspora of Irish people abroad that have had to leave Ireland to go and make it in music. This is incredibly, incredibly alarming that they're having to do that. I mean, Emer Noon, one of our most cherished composers and conductors, the same thing, you know, it's it's just... Yeah. Well, before I bring in Ruth Ann, can you dig down a bit, a little bit deeper into the figures themselves, Linda? Because like uh, there are some radio stations who since your last report are doing better, but where, yeah. are th- where are we finding like, you know, the really shocking bits? Because the headline in the Irish Times report was that it was shocking and staggering, uh, the results. Like someone like Tip FM, for example, I think they, they don't, they played no female Irish artist at all in the six month sampling period which is a decrease of 5%. I don't know how you yeah. go down from zero. but So tell yeah. us a bit about some of the really disappointing ones. I mean, look, I'm an eternal optimist just from get-go. So I, I just want to mention that 98FM, Spin South West, Spin 103, or 2FM, even WLORFM, who was zero last year, they have all increased drastically. And I just want to say, because I, I never want to start on negative stuff, but they have been doing brilliant. And I really, I just want to say thank you so much to them. We really appreciate you. But, you know, going on to the dismal, you know, these, see the likes of Today FM. Today, F, uh, Today FM play 85% male artists, which they, they wear at 5%. They're only up by 10%. This is not good enough. You know, you have the likes of FM 104. For five years straight, they played 100% male artists on their heavy rotation playlist. And that's now up by 10%. 
it doesn't look like it's significant, but it actually, it really is, you know. Um, and I just want to say that I, I, we, we do see that and we appreciate that and we hope that that gets better. It's not brilliant by any means, but when you look at the last five years, it's actually, it, it is worth noting. And Linda, who are the lucky men, the lucky fellas that get the nod, that get played all the time in, in rotation, that you'd be sick of listening to the songs over and over again? Sorry, that's just me, maybe. Yeah, you, you have pictured this. And, it's, and to be honest, it's the same artist in the last few years. You know, it's not changed. It's uh, pictured this, uh, Gavin James, Dermot Kennedy, Wild Youth, um, Robert Grace is a new artist that, that was just signed um, last year. He is getting a lot of uh, airtime. He's been out a good while. So he it's I'm, and Robert is a lovely guy, but he's getting a lot of airtime. Um, you know, they're they're really the, the main artists. It's, it's the same over and over again. The academic, um, Codaline, but that's it. Like it's yeah. just them over and over again. And when I say over and over again, some of them have three and four tracks within the one station that's on constant rotation so it's not even one song this week it's it's you know it's a lot of their repertoire that's on a recurrent playlist is what we call yeah. it so and uh, linda i'm going to come to bring in ruthann in a sec i just want to ask you though is this because of the people choosing the music i mean is it's what these yes. people who are choosing it want to listen yes. to who are they yes we know we know now we and this is what's really really important about data and about reporting every few months we know now for an absolute fact that it is down to the playlisters because you see, say, 98FM, Spin, Spin Southwest. These are huge commercial stations. And when we initially went to them, you know, they were like, oh, you know, this is we have to go with what advertisers and, uh, want and what the public want. And then they kind of changed their tune and they actually sat down. And I've been in talks with them, you know, consistently. I mean, Gavin Ward is brilliant um, in Spin and 98. And they, they got like a committee going and they said, you know what? This isn't right. We need to change this. And they launched, uh, you know, a, a racism aware campaign. They did loads of stuff. They they took the data and they said, you know what, we're going to change this. And that's one of the biggest commercial station groups in in Ireland. And they did it. So it it absolutely can be done. And it um, can be done really, really quickly. And it can be seen done how it's, rapidly. How it's yeah. Ruthann, what was your reaction to the report? Because you're somebody who has, you know, especially in the last uh, 12 months, been so part of bringing so many new uh, Irish women artists to our screens and to our radios that we perhaps hadn't seen before. I mean, it's been incredible what you've done with Irish Women in Harmony. So what's your reaction to the to the figures that Linda has compiled? Well, I'm not going to lie. I was pretty disheartened when I saw the figures yesterday and I saw the report because... I guess I've been feeling like TV and media have really stepped up. I've noticed more women on the faces of magazines. I've seen way more women getting TV um, time. And so I felt like it was all going to follow suit together. I think radio's definitely made some strides and it is important to acknowledge the radio stations that are trying. But I still think we have such an issue with the playlist and I think that's where the problem is. I released a single, I mean, the, the other thing is, is that especially after Irish Women in Harmony, all those females, I mean, every week there was a new song out by, you know, Fia Moon and Tulu and ev all the girls were just releasing so much music. So no one can say that there wasn't music out there to be played by the women. There was so many because that Irish Women in Har Harmony gave us all more listeners, more people knew who people were and and stuff like that. And so it's just so disappointing because all of us can get spot radio plays and get the track of the week here and there. And one or two plays is just not enough. And it's so appreciated. But even DJs, I've spoken to DJs who are trying on the inside and the gatekeepers and the playlisting will not let us through. And I know that from the DJs' mouths themselves, I know DJs that are frustrated and saying, your song is being requested. I'm getting requests for your song and I'm not allowed to playlist it. And also now I'm not allowed to have you on the show unless it's on the heavy rotation playlist. Ruthann, tell me about that culture though, because that seems to be key from what you and Linda are saying. What yeah. is this? Are we talking about pure sexism, misogyny, just refusal to kind of broaden that panoply of what's of interest to people. What What's your take on it, having looked at this app for, you know, a good few years now? I don't know, but I did look at the songs that are in, that are always in the top five. And, you know, a lot of it is this quite, I don't know how to say, like Irish lad sound, very kind of Ed Sheeran sounding or guitars and drum sounding. And then I look at someone like Denise Chala, who is, you know, without doubt, the probably the biggest female breakthrough artist of last year. But 
in a lot of countries, a breakthrough artist is getting heavy rotation play, playlisting. And Denise still isn't. And she's doing urban, but I wouldn't say it's urban to the point of being not commercial. It's commercial urban. It's pop urban. It has hooks. It has something to link into. She's been on the Late Late Show three times in, like, in a season, which means they're trying. As in, you can't say there's people that aren't trying to push, to break her through. And yes, I still see the radio support. It's there a little bit, but it's not on playlisting. It's again on spot plays and, you know, a little bit of rotation, but it needs to be on heavy rotation to really get a song out there and for it to break. And the, and the thing is, is that what I find so confusing about radio stations is in every other country in the UK, picture this and, and Gavin and everyone, they struggle because the, the, they're up against the UK artists, right? Who, who, who those UK, they champion their own. In Ireland, they don't seem to do that still yet enough, is championing wrong first and putting ours first and looking at the playlist and going, who can we put on there from Ireland first, right? And then they don't seem to follow those rules of like, they don't look at streaming. They're not looking at the public demand. If they looked at the public demand, Liar a Song New Day is number one on iTunes. Tulum McKay with the N17 song is number one on iTunes. Erica Cody, number one on iTunes. The Vow by me, number one on iTunes. Orla Gartland, you know, huge normal people sing seven million streams on one song, same as Robert Grace. They haven't playlisted any of them. Pillow Queens, nominated for the album of the year by RTE. They never playlist them. They're on James Corden. They got on the Late Late Show on James Corden and they can't get playlisted in their own country. Not one heavy rotation playlist. If I was a gatekeeper in radio, I would hang my head in shame because you're looking at a band that potentially are going to break outside Ireland and then you know they're going to hop on the bandwagon mm. then. And that really upsets me because the Pillow Queens are in our country. Denise is nominated for Album of the Year. Alva Reddy is nominated for Album of the Year. How can you celebrate an album? Orti can celebrate an album, but you're not playlisting it. And I have to say Orti Radio 1 are doing great things and Orti 2 FM are doing great things. So I have to say that. But I just also have to say like, you're not playlisting anyone. So how is the songs, none of these songs that you're nominating for album of the year are hits. Make them hits. Make them like household name hits. Because some of the songs that are in the top five, even of the radio charts, they're not even in the top 10 on the overall chart, which means that they're not, like, the, the amount it takes to really make a hit, it takes a huge amount of, it takes the Dermot Kennedy type playlisting. And I think he deserves it so much. And all the men do. It's not about men versus women at all. But it's like, let's just there's try. There's room for everybody. There's and room. We want there's to room. Hear all the music. We want to hear the great, rich variety and diversity in music. And yeah. it's boring. Sorry, but I mean, it's boring. I think it all, is. those lads are all great. But it's such a lack of imagination. Linda, what do you yeah. think about what Ruthanne has been saying there? Because I'd really like to, both of you are so, so um, embedded in the music industry. You know all the ins and outs. What is it that is not connecting for these people who are choosing what's on the playlist? Like, do you see the same thing in England? I mean, you're both based in London. So what's the difference? Well, I did. I actually did a report in the UK last year, which went on. I think there's like 68 million views of it now. Within the first day, and I mean like the first day of us publishing the UK gender disparity report on radio, BBC responded, Bauer Media responded, most of the biggest radio station groups responded saying, we're going to sort this in one day. Right. Okay. In Ireland, I don't know what the hell is going on, but we're used to this narrative in Irish society that's centred around preserving white male power, regardless of whether they have skill or talent. And this is a huge issue. For, like, as I said, like I'm working in the music industry for a long time. I've worked all, all over the world in the music industry the last 15 years. But for some reason in Ireland, this kind of male with guitar, you know, or a male with a few band members, they can get anything. They can get anywhere. There's no limit to where they're going to go. But meanwhile, you can have a multi-instrumentalist female virtuoso, <laughs> you know, who can do anything that is just not even looked upon. They're just kind of, you know, put to one corner. You know, there's, Ruth Ann just mentioned Orla Gartland. Orla is, I mean, there's not one instrument that woman can't play. Like, she's amazing. She's huge online stats. And she sells out tours. She sells out tours in the UK, Ireland. She's a huge social media following. Ruthanne is so modest there. Like, I mean, she's written for John Legend. She's written for Britney, One Direction. Like, I mean, there is no excuse here. You know, I am so, banging it my seems head. So, it seems as though we are literally talking about a handful of fellas who are kind of blocking in a way or stopping all this music from getting on on the airwaves is that Mm. a fair assessment or is that too simplistic 
No, the problem is, is that I actually think they're not looking at it enough. So they're not, they're, there should be a criteria. There should be a how many, there should, they should be looking at the public demand for a song. And I don't mean people texting in radio stations. They should be looking like, if you look at the streams of, you know, Orla Gartland, she's got more than some of the males that are playlisting. They should be, and that's what, and that's the difference between the UK and America. They actually, they don't play a song on radio in the UK unless you're hitting a certain amount of streams a day. They don't, they won't look at you. They won't look at you. You need to be Shazamming. You need to be iTunes because they, radio should be really playing what the public want to hear. For me, the reactions to, to people on the Late Late Show, to the women that I've got the platforms, thankfully last year, um, are huge. They're trending on Twitter. The song goes up on iTunes. That's the first thing that a gatekeeper at radio should be looking at is, first of all, the song should be really what they're looking at. But if they're not going to look at that, they need to look at the public demand. The gatekeepers at radio, just for anyone that's tuning in, they're white men, predominantly white men, middle-aged white men. Okay, let's call a spade a spade here, right? They are dominating what we are listening to on the radio. I mean, there's a handful, a tiny handful, tiny, tiny percentage of women. And when we see this, we see the likes of Margaret Nelson, who the two of us had loggerheads uh, last year. She's over at FM 104, the CEO. And then you have uh, Gabrielle Cummins with Beat. Them two stations did turn around. You know, Beat has done, a, like, just really, really did a 360. And, the, you know, they have a, a group now, a team working on diversity and equality. I've dealt back and forth with them. I was chatting to Niall Perry yesterday, the head of music, you know. They've Rob O'Connor there. They're brilliant. They are actively trying to do it and they have and it's absolutely fantastic. Uh, Margaret, despite the fact that we had loggerheads and she doesn't believe that there's a glass ceiling for women to break. She doesn't believe in gender quotas. She doesn't believe in anything like that. But she, but they have changed, you know, and I know that uh, Ruthann has a good relationship with Mark Noble, who's uh, very in, involved in the, in the playlist. Yeah, and Ferg Darcy and Owen McDermott, those three are, they want to champion Irish music so much. Yeah, but this whole thing of they can't, we can't play this. Yes, they can. They can. They're just choosing not to. You know, this whole thing is I want to do this. I do not buy that for a second. Again, I'm working deeply, deeply, deeply uh, with Irish radio the last 15 years. I know how they operate. And the, like, again, with this report, this is absolute proof that the likes of Spin, the likes of uh, 2FM, the, one of the biggest national stations who went from a very, very low percentage can turn it around to be almost at gender parity. The same with Spin. Spin are at 45 percent. Like, That's I mean, amazing. It's absolutely brilliant. So this whole BS of other stations going, we want to play. And this is what they're telling artists. This is what they're spoon feeding the likes of Ruth Allen and all these artists that are going to them. With their literally going, we what 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 can happen here? And they're going, oh, we want to play you. We do, we want to play, but we can't. I do not buy that for a minute. That is not true. They can play what they want. It's whether they want to. And you see the likes of, you know, why not her? And you have, you know, women on air, fair play collective, sounding the feminists. You know, Irish women in TV uh, and film. We're all working towards reaching gender parity to get equality on the airwaves and with across Irish media for women. And there has been huge strides being made, especially like, I mean, Margaret E. Ward has been such a great mentor for me um, and women on air have just been brilliant. But I mean, it's there are um, I'm not I don't want to disregard the leaps and bounds that we have, like come, we've come far in the last six months. I mean, take, for example, and this is what is absolutely shocking. In the year, the first report in an entire year, only one black artist featured in any Irish radio station's place, like literally one. And that's gone from one to 11 in six months. It is happening. I just wish that radio would tr just try it. Like if they're so concerned about people turning off or switching off, it's like the thing, other thing about the Irish uh, music scene is that what's so beautiful about it and something that should be celebrated is that we're not all sounding the same. We're not all Ed Sheeran's. We're not all Ariana Grande's. We're actually doing something like in the Irish in Harmony alone. Think about the versatility of all them artists, Pillow Queens, Orla Garland, Alvaredi, from indie rock yeah. to alternative to Amy, to, you know, to Fia, to Erica, to Soleil. It's like no one is the same. Celebrate the fact that the music is diverse and it is pop. It is commercial. What the Pillow Queens are doing is it's not this like left, you know, yeah. you know, it's like 
put them on the radio and I would love them to put out a report after they start playlisting more Irish people and if you know and tell me that oh everyone started turning off I don't believe that would happen at all I actually think there is such a want even from just how big the Irish Union Harmony brand got which got way bigger bigger than me bigger than everyone and obviously I'm risking my own career massively because I'm sure people are annoyed at me calling this stuff out but at the end mm. of the day someone has to someone has to fight for change and I don't mind I want anyone any of them every time one of the girls gets played I'm like yes 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 we're in a group together we're celebrating yeah. each other's achievements we feel like it's a win for everyone and so it's like just celebrate Irish music and see what happens because I promise you the demand is there the public want it and you can see that from the fact that when a, so, when a woman gets a platform when Irish Women in Harmony mm. got a platform the public went out and they ate it up and they want it absolutely and listen, Linda, what are the systemic changes then, speaking of change, that need to be made in order to address the imbalance, not only of women, but also, as as you were saying earlier, of people who are not white? The change has to, it has to happen from the core of radio station, the core, and the core is white men, okay? That's, it, that's what it is. There's no point, and this whole thing of, you know, the argument of we have to slowly implement gender and racial equality in order to not shock society. What society are they talking about to not shock? Because women can handle equal pay. Women can handle equity and, and being treated fairly. So can the black community. So the society that we're talking about are white men that don't that we don't want to kind of shock too soon. This has to change. This whole mentality of, oh, we'll do it, but slowly. For who? Like, white men have dominated every part on every industry. We're not just talking about the music industry here. Uh, it's actually because I, I mentioned Emer Noon who's an award-winning composer and conductor, uh, producer, public speaker. She's brilliant. And I'd said to her that I would mention some of the things that she said uh, from the report because it's so apt. But this is just a little excerpt, if I may. She just said, in order to truly support our female artists, home, and I express home as in Ireland, should be a safe place to share our work with family, friends and the Irish public. But it should also be a launch pad with a visible route onto the international stage. I have watched this type of constructive and cohesive approach in other cultures and marveled at their career support, which has catapulted my respected colleagues from countries such as Sweden, Iceland, Finland, the UK, to the highest echelons of the arts and entertainment industries. How many times have I thought, if only we can do this in Ireland? The levels of talent and professionalism are no different in Ireland. The level of support on a real practical and business level, however, needs to be seriously analysed and practically addressed. And that is from, like, she has performed at every single, uh, you're talking the most prestigious yeah. venues around the world. She has scored music for some of the biggest films. That is what needs to happen. They need to support their own. The first thing, just as an, from an artist's point of view, and I've spoken to all the artists about it, the first thing that the UK asks, that Germany asks, that America asks, how is she doing in her own, to, to your label or to your whatever, when you're trying to plug music over there and how's the home support? Jerry Cinnamon has just broken in Scotland, in his own home country without anybody knowing who he is anywhere else in the world. The minute he broke Scotland, now he's breaking. I mean, he's selling arenas there. Now the UK Spotify are starting to, to give him more playlists around the world. Louis Capaldi, you know, I think it was Germany, then the UK, then America. But you will not get America without you getting your own or, you know, your, that's just the way that it is. So people also then kind of, sometimes I think Ireland kind of expects it's like me going off and writing songs for all these people and that becomes the story of like oh she's an international songwriter whatever but now they want me to go off and and break America first and break all these massive countries whereas America's going to go well why aren't her own you know and I have such a huge following in Ireland despite the fact that I don't have any much radio play I've had some but not as much as some of the, my male counterparts and I'm still selling tickets and I had like number five globally Shazam song with the vow and I've never gotten one single Irish radio playlist for that song. And it has the same amount of streams as Robert Grace and, and Wild Youth. And um, so it, it never will make sense to me, but it's, and it's not a bitter, like this should be, I should be all over the radio. It's just more like, can we just see any female just getting some of this radio support? Like, no, and the problem is what's going to happen is, and what I found last year is when all the females now are releasing music, we're all fighting for the spot plays now and they're giving us the spotlights, but now it's this saturation of like, we all are in the breaking radio, but then we don't go past that into the, 
into the radio charts. The token plays. We can't be having the token plays. We need the playlist plays. So, I mean, I'm hoping just from all the work you both are doing in your various different ways that this is a sort of a changing point, that we're, we're at a point now where it can only get better and hopefully that it will get better. I mean, do you feel like that, Linda? Is there an optimism in you after all of this? <laughs> oh, I, have no. take, I have to take a deep breath before I answer this. Uh, no. Look, <laughs> I know. I, I think that like and, and there's so many people in radio that just have not talked to me since last year. You know, it's ridiculous. Who won't talk to you. Who won't talk. They've totally blanked me, like totally blanked me. Um, but, you know, I, I'm that's that's fine. That's that's whatever their prerogative is. But they're they're what they're doing. You know, this isn't about me. It's not about my ego. It's not about their ego. It's about supporting equality. It's about supporting diversity. If you take a walk down the road, and this is what I'm saying to any any DJ or playlister that I'm talking to, in any in any city and any county in Ireland, if they take a walk down the road and look around them, they are the people. They are their demographic. So you're having people multicultural, diverse men and women, you know, and they're not looking around them. All it takes is opening their eyes and saying, okay. This is actually, this is the Ireland. This is modern Ireland. This is 2021. I need to see what, just open your eyes, open your eyes. And I feel that with spin, I just spoke to Gavin Ward and, and Niall from Beat and Gabrielle Cummins um, this week, like yesterday, I, I congratulated them on their progress because I mean, it's huge. They're nearly at gender parity. So I do think that it's possible. I mean, whether the likes of <laughs> Tip FM or Midwest Radio or Galway Bay FM and and the other regionals who are dismal. Some of them are below, you know, what they were last year. It's time for that. They can either be, you know, I, 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 I really, yeah, I really hope they're hanging their heads in shame. I really do. But I also know that a lot of them are going to feel attacked, you know, and, yeah. and to quote one uh, DJ and playlister who actually was a woman. Um, I won't say her name, but but she just said, Linda, I feel like a lamb to the slaughter. Oh, perfect. Get over it. You know, it, we're not attacking DJs. We're trying to make household names. We're trying to make a legacy for Irish music. This is so beyond anyone's personal, you know, ego. It's about creating a legacy. It's about creating music to come that can be celebrated like we just celebrated Dolores and the Cranberries and Sinead O'Connor and everything. It's like, yeah, but they, we can't just rely on them. They can't be the legacy of Irish music. And uh, to quote Eleanor McAvoy, who's a dear friend of mine and the chairperson, first ever female chairperson of IMRO, you know, she said, uh, it's, just, it's so sad to see that so many listeners to radio in Ireland are still missing out on hearing the female voice on air. And that is that that's the end of it. And that's what I will ask anyone in radio that's listening in is why I'm no longer accepting, um, you know, oh, it's unconscious bias. That It's not unconscious bias. We now know that it's a choice because the other stations, again, I'm going to revert back to Beach and Spin and and 2FM and 2FM. I mean, Adam Fogarty, he's in a band himself. He's in Mangawee Mathman. He's the head of music in 2FM. You know, it's. You know, they, there's a lot of artists that they're supporting that's within their circle as well. So you have to address the nepotism that goes on in Irish radio. But, you know, at the same time, there is significant changes. And, you know, this is what the, what I hang on to in terms of hope. But there is nepotism that goes on in Irish radio. And, and that is an absolute fact. And, and that has to be addressed as well. Um, and there has to be more transparency in Irish music industry. You know, you can look at the, the recent MISP uh, <laughs> funding you know there's a lot that's going on that that is just people are not being told the processes of things and if we if more playlisters are open to talking to us you know I mean I like people look and go oh Linda's aggressive Linda's this I'm not I'm just a woman that's asking a question you know why am I aggressive it's 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 kind of you know if anyone anyone that knows me personally like I'm I'm first of all I'm a tourist you know I'm I'm you know very jolly person. I'm just asking a question and I find that so, and I know that you are all going to um, understand what I mean. It's like when a woman has something to say, they're aggressive, they're bossy, they're bitchy, yeah. you know, they're on their period, you know, it's this kind of thing. Yeah. The passion, that really is what it is. It's not an aggression, it's it's a passion for the Irish music and wanting, you know, fairness and equality. And there's so much frustration. Imagine how frustrated yeah. the women are on our text group. Do you know what I mean? But we have to approach it in this very polite you know, please, please way, may we be played on radio and really we're pulling our hair out and we're trying to do it in the most respectful way we can. Delicate, fragile, the fragility of white men. 
and their egos. Yeah. I'm optimistic though. I'm optimistic because I'm, you know, the end of last year, I saw huge changes on my television screen and, and that meant a lot to me and, and magazines and, and just seeing these women get more support in the media and press. I'm optimistic in that way, but I do, and I will say it here, I still think a female is going to have to break overseas before um, I think one of them, I think one of them's going to break overseas and then I think that's what's going to make the change. And then everybody will think, oh, see, Ireland did do it. But I still think it's going to be a story that breaks overseas first and then here. And I'd be surprised if it's the other way around. You mentioned her earlier. And for me, one of the best musical moments, as well as Irish Women in Harmony in the last while, has been on New Year's Eve when I was sitting in my sofa and Tola McKay began singing N17. And it was a moment and I'll never forget it. And I just, I'm so delighted to see how that has taken off because here's a woman with a world-class talent um she might be the one she might be the one to break um internationally but um the point is it's just it's beyond me how that uh, how she now is not on constant rotation because to me that's an obvious thing now to do because you can see the reaction to someone like her to, to her voice the amazement at her talent so let just get her on the radio but it doesn't doesn't work like that no to be fair, it is doing well on the RTE radio. Obviously, it's with the RTE Court Concert Orchestra. And uh, and also, I think from the reaction, they've now released it and it just went number one on iTunes. So I feel like that campaign for that song is just beginning. So I do see, I do see a story for that song. My thing is, will you keep supporting her when it's her own music? which it should because her music is fab. Yeah, because it brought me into her music and I've, I've listened to her other songs and now I'm like, oh my God, this woman is incredible. What we need to do is remember that, you know, every picture of this song that comes out, you know, every Gavin James song, there's a, there's a level of support that just happens automatically. Now they do release fab music and they deserve it, there's no doubt. But I want to see, is it one song we're going to support by Tolu or Denise or Lyra or is it going to be, we're going to support them in their career. Not every song is going to be a radio hit. We all know that as artists, not every everything you write yeah. is radio hit. I, I write, you know, but will you support, will you be consistent? It's the consistency as well as, it can't just be one hit and done. We're not Ricky Martins over here. We want to create careers. Do you know what I mean? Long-term careers. Just to revert back to data here, because again, I don't want this to be about opinions because opinions are dangerous sometimes. In relation to Tolu, right? Tolu in total in the last two year period has 3,435 plays on Irish radio. That's with releasing about 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17 songs, right? This is what is on her radio monitor, right? She has an impact of 7.86 million versus Dermot Kennedy, who has 59,039 plays to 417 million impacts, okay? This is the reality that women face in Irish music. And, and again, shocking. opinions are fine, but I just want to stick to data here because we're talking about data. Like Atolu is great and it's and I think she's wonderful. I've I've I remember sitting down with her a few years ago and I literally said the words, You are the next Sinead O'Connor. But she's not going to be the next Sinead O'Connor. No woman is going to be in Ireland unless radio start looking at what they're doing to women and what they're taking from women, which is their voice. They're muting it, they're silencing it off the airwaves. People are going, Oh, we don't know, we don't there's no Irish women making music. They are, they're just being silenced. So that's the stats, you know, if Again, I just want to stick to the data here because it's well, it's great to have opinions that, oh, we, we think it's going to. It, this is the fact, you know, so you're going from 7 million to 417 million. That's the contrast between men to female. It'll be interesting to see now what the impact that that had, you know, on TV, on New Year's, with, whether that's enough for radio to sit up and pay attention and say, OK, this is an artist, you know. But even with New Year, even with the Late Late Show, it's, it's, it's equated to 169 plays. Uh, N17 on Irish radio 169 that plays. to me is absolutely mm. shocking I have to say I have to I'm stick to the data here. I mean I shouldn't be stunned because you've done all the work on it Linda and I shouldn't be surprised but that is a really uh, yeah I, I, I'm actually yeah sorry I just have to that. stick to the data because I don't want this to be about my opinion or yeah. Dan's opinion <laughs> I my opinion yeah. would be that, the, that they should be paid but yeah the data shows it's important because people at home as well you have to remember they'd see that and they'd go oh my god I know who she is now she's a star she's made it she's on the chart yeah. and they she's don't famous. understand the reality of what really is happening it's important to look at the data and it's important to say that this isn't us just moaning out of you know it's, it's, it's literally like Linda said this is just yeah. a, there's nothing that anyone can argue about about data 
body. You just can't argue yeah. it. Can I ask both of you, people listening here who are a bit incensed or feeling like they'd like to, to do something, is there anything that sort of women's podcast listeners can do or to try and make a noise and make a difference um, in this? Like writing, you know, sending yeah, emails support, to radio stations. Buy or the tickets, what's, buy the albums, uh, stream the music, uh, text your local radio station and keep texting them. And um, it's really about the community. It's really about the entire of Ireland getting together and, and going enough is enough. We want to hear more. We want to hear these women. And we did see that with the Irish Women in Harmony. We saw the support coming in saying, I've never heard of these women or, you know, every TV thing matters. Every magazine matters. Like it's really about all the, it's the people of Ireland too, showing that there's the public demand, which I think they are doing because that, you know, the songs are going on iTunes number ones. Loads of the female songs are. So people are doing it in Ireland, um, but it definitely is going to take us all coming to together as a community to protect our Irish music legacy. On the whynotwhore.net uh, website, you will find links to uh, local TDs, to ministers, to the president. You can download this in a file. There's email addresses. Email them. We even have a, 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 a copy of an email if you want to use it and address the situation with, your, with the powers that be. We need to have this legislative change in Ireland where some some sort of you know, non-discriminatory practice uh, is it's just put to uh, effect because this is a violation of human. I don't care what anybody says. This is a violation. It's a human rights violation where women are being silenced, where, you know, it's, it hasn't happened in any other country. It, like it just hasn't, you know, uh, Western world anyway. So it's it's about coming together. You have we're not the only collective at Why Not Tour. You have the Fair Play Collective. You've women on air. You've sounding the feminists, waking the feminists, the Women's Council of Ireland. Look at all of them. Check them all out. See what they're doing. Volunteer. Like we're, we're most like we're we're totally volunteer a collective. None of us are paid. Not one of us. I I actually it costs me to do these reports, <laughs> you know, it costs me a couple of thousand to do these reports. So, you know, we're getting no funding. The BAI, who are the Broadcasting Authority of Ireland, have done nothing, absolutely nothing to support us after numerous conversations with them. They will do nothing. So we're on our own here. But are we really on our own? We're not because we have people that are going to be listening that have reached out. We have powerful women in press. And, you know, Ritan mentioned there the media attention that women are getting. But we also have to factor in that, you know, uh, Leslie Ann Horan, she's uh, an editor with the Sunday, um, the Sunday Independent. We've seen a huge increase with, pe- with women being, uh, you know, centred and focus being put on. That's because there's more women in print. There's, you know, Andrea Cleary, Louise Bruton. We see this now because there's more women, uh, you know, journalists are on the rise. And that's great. But this is why we're seeing it. You know, it's not because men suddenly had a change of heart. Yeah. It's because there's more, you know, hire more yeah. women. Yeah, definitely. Hire more women in the gatekeeper positions, not in the positions that they can't do anything or that they feel like they can't do anything. I also think there needs to be a playlist quota. I think that that's what would, because for me, I know that they'll be like, well, we never can have 50-50 gender. You know, they, they always say that. But I think if they had a playlist, if they could start with a playlist quota, that means for that, that, that they would have to play playlist on heavy rotation and more Irish music because at the moment the other issue is is that they're playing so many international Mm. artists and one of the DJs told me this they have two or three slots for Irish music and those two or three slots go to the biggest names Niall Horan you know um, Gavin James Dermot Kennedy but that's not even true because it's more than them slots and the top 20 is mostly men so that's yeah well they they, (laughs) they, they're they're already telling you if there was a a playlist quota they would have to have more slots for Irish music which means that the slots could be more um, women and and men instead of all men so that's if if there was a playlist quota in our country that's what we need because the spot plays are not enough it needs to be heavy playlist we can't be just chucked on a nighttime graveyard shift and expect to break a song so to break a song you need heavy rotation playlist and that should be where I think the BAI and everybody should be looking at legislating is a playlist quota for Irish music. Yeah. Well, look, I really appreciate both of you being so passionate and strong on this and and especially you, Linda, with all the work that you've done. Come back to the data, like you said. I mean, the shocking fact is that 85% of the artists in the top 100 Irish radio airplay chart over the past six months have been men. That's 85%. It is shocking. And I think you've outlined really well some of the things that need to change and how they can possibly change. And also what I love about this conversation is that through it, you've also highlighted some of the incredible uh, talent of women artists in this country that we're producing that are so rich in kind of texture and diversity and 
just not what you'd expect. The the guy with the guitar, I love a man with a guitar. Don't get me wrong. I love it. <laughs> we all do. I, I, I've watched them all day. But I don't only want to hear from them. I want to hear from so many other types of artists and women are really bringing that that variety for me. So it's just like a no-brainer, you know? Yeah, it really is. The culture is there and the culture is booming and the music scene is booming. And I, I haven't seen the Irish music scene this alive, you know, even though it's not on a commercial level yet, on an underground level or whatever it is. It's, there's so so many amazing artists 10 years ago we didn't have this many and now we have because of the internet and everyone can produce at home and they're just so talented and I just want to see them get heard and seen Irish and radio just needs to catch up with all of that yeah. it really seems and they're really lagging behind and they are going to be looking like well they do look like dinosaurs who just don't have their finger on the pulse and surely that's what people in, in radio land should have Set they the should trends. know yeah. what people are talking about what people want Linda final word to you um, I know you laughed when I asked were you optimistic but you know are you feeling a bit more hopeful now? I, I You know I am because I'm hopeful for diversity. I think diversity has done very well in this uh, recent report. And after speaking to the likes of Spin and the likes of um, 2FM and Beat, like Beat is a regional station, it's down south. I think that this will open up a lot of like WLORFM are in the same building as, as Spin. And, you know, they're all, KCLR is just down the road. I mean, I do think that this is going to push... <laughs> sensitively push those that are stuck behind. You said dinosaurs there, but I choose Neanderthals, actually. Um, so it's, it's they, they have to be, I think this is going to be a very, but, you know, might, might be gentle, but it's going to be a push and a wake-up call for those who just refused, and by refused, I mean outright refused, to ch- make changes because they'll look now towards the game changers, and that's what they are, the game changers, in the other stations that are actually doing it. And they're not turned around and saying, we can only play this. We can only play that. They can play what they want. You know, that's and this yeah. is, again, this is what this report has, has showed. They can do it. If they want it, they can do it. So, yes, I'm hopeful that, um, you know, that change is going to continue uh, pushing forward and that radio stations will will be, you know, they, they'll have to look within. Now I do. Yeah. Brilliant. OK, well, it's been really great talking to both of you. I just feel like there's no way after this report and after all the conversations that it's not going to get better. Let's hope from now on in it does. And in the meantime, if anyone listening wants to go and just just search all the amazing talent, like the Pillow Queens are so different to Tola McKay, who's so different to Alva Reddy, who's so different to you, Ruth Ann. There's so much going on there and people just seek it out, demand to hear it, tell people that, that you want to hear it. And I think that's the way um, hopefully it will change. But Ruth Ann, and Linda, thank you so much for joining us on the Women's Podcast. Thank you. Thank you for having thank us. Thank you for having us. Thanks so much to Linda Coogan-Byrne and Ruth Ann Cunningham. Let's hope the situation improves and that we see that improvement soon because it's just unacceptable, as you can hear from what both women have said. Escape the ordinary with green and blacks. Wildly, deliciously, organic. Sponsor of the Irish Times Women's Podcast. A rich, intense, chocolate to savour. Now, Marin Alsop is a groundbreaking orchestra conductor considered to be one of the best in the world. She is currently music director of the Baltimore Symphony Orchestra and chief conductor of the Vienna Radio Symphony Orchestra, the first woman to hold either position. She was also the first woman conductor ever at the BBC's Last Night of the Proms. Recently, Marin was a guest tutor on the National Concert Hall's award-winning female conductor programme, which has been running for the past two years with the aim of addressing inequality on the podium. Marin spoke to the participants in a Q&A Zoom session covering topics like leadership, conducting technique and the power of music to affect social change. Our co-producer Jennifer Ryan caught up with her afterwards. Marin Alsop, I'm the chief conductor of the Vienna Radio Symphony Orchestra and the music director of the Baltimore Symphony. So, Marin, you were recently a guest tutor at uh, the National Concert Hall for the award-winning female conductor program. That's now in its second year. What was your impression of what's being achieved there? Well, this is a very important program because it really is getting to um, women who are early in their careers and really could use some direction, some structure, some advice, um, coaching, all of these kinds of things, not just uh, about the music, but also about extra musical uh, things. So I, I think it's a really wonderful and very important program that 
uh, will indeed result in many, many more women in the country uh, considering this as a profession. And the programme at the National Concert Hall, it was devised to address inequality on the podium. And that's one of the most enduring glass ceilings for women in the world of classical music. But it's a ceiling that you have well and truly smashed to bits yourself. So can you tell me, what was it that inspired you to pursue this as a career? Well, my parents were both professional musicians. And uh, I think it was <clears throat> the, what, what really turned me on and got me excited about conducting was... Uh, seeing uh, Leonard Bernstein conduct when I was nine years old. And I was just, I was really taken with him and with his enthusiasm and enjoyment of what he was doing. And that's what, that's what got me really excited. And of course, since my parents were musicians, they were always uh, in my corner, so to speak, and always super su supportive, as long as I wanted to be a musician. That was the only caveat. <laughs> And uh, what sort of advice did you have for those women you uh, you met on the Q&A at the National Concert Hall program about starting out as a conductor? You know, the um, the conductors in the program had some excellent questions um, and they ranged, you know, from things like how do you approach a, a, a new music score, a piece that's never been played before, um, to uh, questions about the um, education outreach program. I started in Baltimore called Orchids. So the questions were very wide ranging, which um, I felt was very encouraging and really gave me some insight into the breadth and depth of the of the group, the cohort that that is uh, this year's class. And I think it was uh, Madeleine Albright who once said there is a special place in hell for women who don't support other women. And uh, you've mentioned uh, one program you started there in 2002. You also started a conducting fellowship for female conductors. How important is that to you, that idea of being a role model and bringing other women up along with you? Well, you know, I, I started the Taki Alsop Conducting Fellowship because as I looked around, you know, five years, 10 years, 15 years, 20 years, there weren't really many more women in the field and I had expected there would be a lot more. So I thought, well, if I don't, you know, if I don't try to change this landscape, who will in the future? And so I started this fellowship and since its inception in 2002, we've had 24 recipients and um, 18 music director titles right now, chief conductor, you know, guest conductors, they're all doing phenomenally well. And I think the most exciting part about it for me is that it's a community now. They help each other. They're they're not just wonderful conductors. They're also great citizens of the world and they want to give back. And you mentioned that you grew up surrounded by music with uh, musicians for parents, but not everyone is so lucky. Not everyone gets that uh, that sort of exposure to music and particularly classical music, which can sometimes be seen as a bit elitist. But I know you have done things in your uh, own career to make it more accessible to everyone. So how do we make sure that music like classical music is is more accessible to people from other backgrounds? I think the key to um, to any kind of exposure is is getting kids when they're super young. Um, you know, you would think that, um, you know, a kid from West Baltimore would have no interest in classical music, but the big surprise is, of course, that they're uh, they're fascinated by it because it it's really engaging. It's really challenging. Um, there's so many things about it that, that use every part of a child's brain. So I would say that the key is to get to kids early. We have to invest in music education in our schools and, and good um, teaching, good policies. I think it's very short-sighted to cut the arts in any way. We should instead invest in the arts because that's what brings out the best in humanity. And if we look at your career in particular, you have been the first woman to do a lot of things in the conducting world. You were the first woman appointed music director of an American orchestra when you took that title at the Baltimore Symphony Orchestra the first female conductor at the BBC last night of the proms and the first woman ever to be chief conductor of the Vienna Radio Symphony Orchestra. That's just naming a few things that you've done. Is it exhausting being groundbreaking all the time? Well, you know, it doesn't feel <laughs> particularly groundbreaking to me. It's just, you know, I, I, I'm, very, I'm very happy with these appointments and these opportunities. Um, I guess in some ways I, I'm constantly surprised and, and a little bit depressed that there can still be firsts for women 
in what year are we in 2021 now? I, I mean, that seems like that should have been over with a century ago. So, um, you know, hopefully I'm seeing a huge sea change in our field as we are in most fields, thank heavens, you know, and, and a lot of it is a direct result of the Me Too movement. And, uh, but I think we've now passed the tipping point and we're not going to end up going backward anymore. And we have our own record-breaking female conductor here in Ireland too, Emer Noon. Uh, she was the first woman to conduct at the Academy Awards a couple of years ago. Have you come across her much in your own work? Well, I, 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 I knew her. I knew of her because of the Academy Awards, of course. But, you know, I, that is thrilling. And I, I, I hope to meet her sometime. Talking about being the only woman kind of coming through in your, uh, in your career, was there ever a time when you thought, I can't do this? You know, there's, it's just a boys club. This is too hard. And if you did ever feel like that, what was it that obviously uh, you did to push that to the back of your mind? I think everyone has doubts, you know, when 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 something's really challenging and, you know, you, it feels a bit like, you know, you get up every day. That's kind of how we all feel these days with the pandemic. You know, you get up every day and you think, OK, today I'm going to make some progress and then you kind of fall back, you know, because it's just such a challenge. Um, but I never, I think there were days of course, where I, I, I just had to, you know, go watch a movie and forget about it. But I think, you know, then the following day I was able to get up because it was my dream. It was my passion. And I, I never, I never doubted that I could do it. Um, to what degree, um, my career would go. I, I never dreamt, you know, I just tried to do, follow my passion and follow my dreams. And, and that's the best advice I can give people. You just mentioned the pandemic there and obviously it's dominating all of our lives and some people more than others. How have you adapted your work to the pandemic? Has it been possible for orchestras to meet or have you found new ways of working? Well, this has been a devastating time for my industry, as you can imagine, and particularly for uh, conductors. I think of the Taki conductors. Uh, they've had, <clears throat> oh gosh, I can't even remember how many weeks. We we counted up the weeks that were lost. I mean, you know, like 97 debut weeks lost and, you know, just huge, you know, 70% of their work canceled. Uh, no income. You know, that's the other thing. Um, so I have to say that somehow I've been very fortunate in that um, my orchestra here in Vienna has worked right up until December, and uh, now they're in a bit of a lockdown situation, but we'll continue to do some recording in February. And <clears throat> I was able to conduct in Brazil, believe it or not, and also um, uh, do a few digital things. You know, that's there. I try to look on the bright side of things, if, if there is one, um, if I can find it. And I think this pandemic has opened up a digital world to us. I mean, not a world that we really want to inhabit 100%, but it's created access and a sense of inclusion and musicians are much more willing to do things online now. So I think that is the upside of all of this. What are you most looking forward to when this pandemic abates and not just professionally, but also personally? Oh, I can't wait to go to a restaurant and uh, I can't wait to hug people, the, all of those things. And I can't, I, I don't know about you, but I really struggle with the mask and understanding what people are saying and recognizing people. You know, it's it, you realize how dependent you are on on people's, you know, for, formulation of words to really understand that. So, I mean, I can't wait for all of those things. And, uh, you know, I think I think for me, watching young people struggle is just heartbreaking. You know, I feel they're they're getting gypped out of some of the best years of their lives. And I, I can't wait for it to be over, especially for them. When you're not listening to classical music, what are you listening to? How do you relax? Yeah, I don't I don't listen to a lot of music, but um I love jazz. I had a swing band for about twenty years. Um mm. and uh you know, I, I like um I like some pop music. Uh I'm not really a much of an elitist, I have to say, in terms of music. Um, and the only danger is that these things get stuck in my head for weeks on end, you know, like an earworm. So I, you know, I try to, I try to listen sparingly. 
One final question for you, not to get too political, but President-elect Biden is inaugurated this week. As an American, are you happy this week? Are you celebrating the exit of a certain person from the White House? Well, I mean, I think that the whole world needs to be celebrating. Um, uh, But you see the unbelievable damage that has been done um, on every level. And and the arts are also a victim of, of the damage. But that's what happens when you don't value the, the essence of human beings. And he doesn't value that whatsoever. And uh, we need to get back to that. And I, I feel confident that um, the Biden-Harris team will, will be committed to the arts because that's the smart thing to do. Yeah. And talk about uh, being a first for women. Kamala Harris, that's got to be exciting. Yeah, it's it's absolutely thrilling. And uh, what I love was I watched an interview with her yesterday and she said, nobody's going to steal my joy about this, you know, and I, I thought that was fantastic. You know, let's let's try to get around this next corner safely for people. Um, uh, you know, it's just this attack on American democracy is is really debilitating and, and very devastating for all of us. So you're pretty hopeful, I think. With, uh, with events this week? I'm pretty hopeful. I mean, he's got to talk. About, it's a tough job under any circumstances, but this is a Herculean task in front, of, uh, in front of him. But look at the team he's put together. It's a team that looks like our communities. It's a team of smart people. You know, that, that's the sign of a great leader, someone that hires intelligent people to, to really de- be able to delegate to them and trust them and get their advice. So let's see what he can do. Maren Alsop, thank you so much for speaking to the Women's Podcast. Oh, it's been my pleasure. Thank you. Thanks to Maren Alsop. And that's all we have time for today. The podcast is produced by me, Roisin Ingle, by Jennifer Ryan and Suzanne Brennan with JJ Vernon on sound. If you want to get in touch with us, we're on email, thewomenspodcast at irishtimes.com and on social at IT Women's Podcast. Mind yourself, stay safe, and we'll talk to you next time. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com.